Let's go! From the four corners of the globe, welcome to the Park Chat Theme Park Podcast. Join us as we dive deep into a world of fun and adventure to discover what Australia's theme parks are all about. Hey everyone, we are now live, hopefully on YouTube and Facebook. Finally got up there. Hey guys. Hello. Uh, are you sure we're live? Because I can't see it. Apparently, it's saying- Oh, there we go. There it is. All right, we're, we're in. We're in. Sweet. <laughs> so, we're in. Never mind. This is like old times, eh? Like- yeah, I know. Except, uh, well, we're not in the same room. No. I mean, I think there was one episode that we did- um, that we did where I was like, not with, not with webcams. I think it was just me from home on the microphone. And there was a funny story with that. I literally, I, I remember this very well. I remember driving out of the driveway of the apartment building that I was living in at the time. And, um, I, I sideswiped, uh, sideswiped a BMW. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. That was uh, that was fun. Are you still paying that back? <laughs> no, no. It's called insurance. <laughs> All right. So, what are we doing here, guys? What What are we doing tonight? What's the topic of the episode, and how's this going to sit in with our format of the show? All right. Well, I think uh, the main topic that we're going to be looking at is uh, uh, the recent post that was on the Park Chat page on Facebook with regards to. Um, more or less calling out a uh, village roadshow for um, certain issues that have been quite evident uh, across their parks in in recent memory. Matt, as someone who's from Melbourne, let me ask you. Mm-hmm. I mean, are you what, what's what's the what's the thoughts of village down there? Are people think it's the premier park? Are people thinking it's kind of on the nose? What's 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 sort of the thought? Um, look, I think it is the premier park for the people down here. We've only got a couple of parks to compare it to, but, you know, it's, it's very much a Gold Coast holiday thing is you head up there and you go to Movie World. So, I think it still holds its place down here. I, I, I guess the, the thing I want to clear up as well is everyone, well, not everyone, but some people have called out and said that, I mean, should we even backtrack, Blake? Have we sort of jumped too far into it or, or do, do, do we think people know what we're talking about? Well, all right. Well, look, let's just, let's just, I've got the actual post up right here in front of me. So, about five days ago, there was a post that was made on the Park Chat page saying, the day has come, tying with Gumbaya World to become Australia's lowest rated theme park on Google. And so, as of now, um, and I'll just double check that it is still the case. Yes. So, as it stands on Google, Warner Brothers Movie World is currently sitting at 4.1 stars on Google. Google reviews, uh, which apparently is tied with Gumbaya World for being the lowest rated park on Google. Now, keep in mind that this, you know, this is quite somewhat anecdotal. Um, you know, having having a good Google review is not the be all and end all, but it certainly does help, and it is quite indicative of what's kind of been going on uh, with uh, Village Roadshow as a whole. In uh, like I said, in recent memory, uh, you know. One thing I, I will I will bring up actually just very very quickly now are, are you guys do you guys watch Destination Dad and Daughter sometimes but not the video you're going to talk about 
Okay, so the video that they 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 released a couple of weeks ago was um, uh, them going to Movie World for the superheroes and supervillains. Uh, basically, I think it was like it was the first day. I think it was the first day of the school school holidays, and about halfway through the video, nothing's open. Wild West is shut. Doomsday is only running at half speed and 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 only working intermittently. There was like a two hour wait for Green Lantern because it was all because all this pressure, uh, like all the traffic, um, was just put on the rides at the front essentially. And I think there was a couple other rides in there too. I um I'd have to go back and check, but I mean like they had the whole off season between Easter and when the the winter season started the, the the winter holiday started to get everything in line everything good to go you would expect day one everything would be open but no it wasn't um as for the superheroes and supervillains event um like the show and the parade and stuff i think i don't think there was any issues there but i just thought man I, i'm not too sure what's what what exactly is going on like why is it that movie world in particular has been having really really bad issues with ride operations keeping their rides open and not only that just just in terms of actually um getting people getting like cycling guests through like getting people on and off the ride uh i mean i i i i remember ducking down to uh, well i went down to SeaWorld to go and get on Le- leviathan this was on sunday this was on a sunday afternoon one train ops I managed to get on two rides in the space of an hour, and it's not like the pool, the bullpen was completely full. It was only like the inner circle, but I still only managed to go on two rides because it just it they just weren't pumping the guests through fast enough. And I'm just like, what's going on? Yeah, it's very interesting you say that, and I feel like Leviathan. I get the feeling that one train may be just as fast at the moment. I, I don't know if that's a thing. If if two, like if if they're stacking. Surely two trains are still somehow faster, but maybe not with with the whole in you know video presentation they do. Um, I mean, and by the way, guys, please feel free to comment. Uh, Brendan Brown does say and well think that two trains doesn't help, um, but I, I would actually like someone like who's really good with math and knows the inside workings of it all, whether or not it does help. I mean, DC Rivals certainly it does help. Superman, yes. Uh, I mean that's Superman. Absolutely. I mean, I, I've the, seen Roadrunner run two trains before. I've seen the other ones, so I don't know what the. <laughs> well, it doesn't have two trains anymore. Oh, when they after the refurbishment, they only bought one train. For oh, really? as far as I'm aware, I believe so. Like I, I, I remember going on it because I'm like, oh, I haven't been on Road Roadrunners with the new train, and I couldn't see any any other train in the maintenance bay. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. But I'm pretty sure they only bought the one. And uh, well, Ryder makes a good uh, point about Wild West. I mean, that used to be a—I mean, from my experience, a pretty bulletproof ride, and now it seems like it's down a lot. So, oh, uh, Wild luck. West has seen much better days in terms yeah. of uptime. It's that they've had nothing but problems with those new boats. But in saying that, and just playing devil's advocate for a moment, I am sure there was a reason that they did it, and I'm sure safety was was one of those things. So, oh, I absolutely. mean, the whole experience is better. It's quieter on the chain lift, the seat's more comfortable and everything, but you know, you you're still right. bottom out in the trough, though. Like, after mm. the, the, the old faithful scene, and you go down that part, you just- 
the whole bottom of the boat is just dragging along the bottom of the trough. And I swear it never used to do that back in the day. I I, I don't know. Again, people in the comments, tell us, uh, tell me if I'm wrong or if I'm just not remembering it correctly. I just, Ray says Roadrunner does have two trains. Ah, uh, Blake, you're wrong. It still ha- they did buy two trains, did they? Uh, they? They bought a second one when they got the train upgrades. Okay, fair enough. I, I just only recall seeing the one, but that's like, at least at least they had the foresight to do that then. But again, why are they doing two trains on that, but not Leviathan? Well, okay, maybe not. But, you know, DC Rivals, again, I never see, see it with two trains. I just want to say something, though. My post wasn't even really about the queue lines. Um, I did tone it down a little bit. I thought I was probably being a little bit rough with my original wording. But what my actual original thought was, I feel like the direction of village management and the, the, the general feeling I get as a guest is that it's not about putting the guest first. Like when you go to Dreamworld, the best example I can have is that as a annual pass member, you get an email basically saying, look, this is why the rides are down. These are some awesome improvements we're making. Basically saying, hey, we're sorry, but there's exciting stuff to come. Little things like that. When you go into the park, you know, the, the hey, hey, go and have a great day. I feel like I get more of that at Dreamworld than, say, a village park. And I don't know if that comes down from management to to the staff or the staff maybe unhappy or maybe it's bad experience. Maybe it's it's maybe I'm just biased and I'd you know, I, I don't know. But I, that, that's why, obviously, I think this ep topic with this format of getting everyone's thoughts is, is really important because what is it about Village that makes me feel like I'm not wanted as much as, say, at a dream world or something like that? No, I know exactly what you're saying. And um, the first memory that comes to mind was actually the first day that Dreamworld reopened uh, after covid I remember going back to the park that day and everyone was so happy to be there. Like all the staff, they were just putting in 110%. They were so happy to be back there. Um, So I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, I I do think, I think, I think because uh, Dreamworld in particular, you know, obviously they've had uh, over the past 10, like 15 years, you know, like that, that they've had a very, very rocky past in terms of just management and just um, making a decision and sticking to it. And now they, I feel like they finally um, really turned things around and they've got a plan and they're seeing it through. And, you know, we're seeing that um, not just with just the staff as well, but even just with expansion as well, you know, like they've, they've had to take, they had to take that short, um, that short term, uh, hit with just like canning a bunch of old rides and stuff and now they're just going gung-ho expanding um but they're not neglecting the customer service aspect or the 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 management aspect of uh, in other departments luke was mentioning about the fact that village do emails and and stuff like that to, to address ride closures and i don't say that village sorry i'm not saying that village don't do that but the fact that greg basically wrote like I, I, it's 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 just a different tone as well about the the fact that it's a bit of a friendly face with the the dreamail edms and stuff like that i mean correct me if i'm wrong but i'm pretty sure those newsletters are pretty much from greg i don't know if he's writing them or not but that's that's the the tone of the, of the communication anyway and i think village probably could could benefit highly from having someone who's the spokesperson, you know, maybe they have Joe from engineering, you know, so-and-so from marketing, Clark, 
you know, doing a post every now and then about exciting things. And sometimes just addressing the elephant in the room and the bad stuff is more powerful and better for publicity than just ignoring that and saying, and this probably should get us onto the next bit of the show, you know, ignoring something and going, oh, just, you know, April next year, you know, this is what's coming and and ignoring what everyone else is complaining about. Well, um, I will give Village Roadshow props. So they, they did the, they did do that great video um, that kind of addressed uh, there was a, I think there was they were kind of addressing a lot of people uh, being vocal online about like why are rides being shut down more often and yada 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 and all that kind of stuff and they they did come out with that video saying hey look this is what these are the the measures yeah. that we put in place um, you know every day to make sure that the rides running at a hundred percent and that was a that that was um, a really a really smart move on their part to really address that in a very in a um and it wasn't like a oh you don't know what you're talking about kind of thing it wasn't i didn't feel like it came off as condescending i actually came i thought it actually came off as quite informative yeah no i do remember that and before we do move on as well ash didn't you say to me um not long ago that what did i say from from (laughs) (laughs) um no maybe you were going through the reviews we were sitting together and didn't, didn't you say greg was actually responding two people's reviews on Dreamworld, whereas it wasn't, you know, Mark from marketing. It was actually Greg himself. Um, I, I believe I did. Um, just having a quick look here because I, I, I personally, I'm going to be honest, in one of my reviews for the park, I actually like said, good job, Greg. So, he responded to me. But yes, I do believe, I'm just having a quick look now. I do believe there was- a few from Greg. I'm just trying to go through and see if I can see any now. Um, by the way, I do apologize. My cats are just starting to see each other. So, yep, there we go. Uh, but, yeah, I'm pretty sure there there was a few, but I guess I can't right now remember it for sure. But I wouldn't be surprised anyway. Um, if anyone- Let's just quote you as saying that. Yeah. Just in case I'm wrong. So. Oh, I'm just- Hey, I just want to. I just want to oh, bring up a comment oh, here that just, that just popped up. Hold on, I just want to bring up this comment here. It's from a uh, former host, uh, Peter. He's watching. Hi, Peter. How you doing? Where's, oh, there we go. Hi, oh, side. Oh, this is the one I highlighted. And he's <laughs> and he's saying the annual past podcast visited from America and three quarters of movie world was closed. Not a great look. Yeah, that's uh, that th- this that's exactly what I was referring, like, kind of talking about it right at the beginning of the episode, referring to the destination dad and daughter thing. You know, like first day of the the, the holiday season, and half the park is not running. Um, also, can I just please touch up on um touch up on something? Uh, and I think this kind of plays into what you're talking about. Oh, what we're talking about with the whole village roadshow thing. Uh, now I was someone who was uh had a grandfathered membership. To the village roadshow <laughs> theme parks. <laughs> oh god! Yeah, this is I'm, a I'm going there. I'm of exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. So keep going, keep going. I am. Op- I am opening up this can of worms. So I remember getting the email and and them saying, "Hey, look, um, after revision of our pricing scheme and our membership schemes, we're going to basically double." going to be doubling your subscription so what i was on in particular i was paying 12 bucks a month and which got me access to all the parks and not only that i always used i used to get a free pass to white christmas carnival and fright nights not only were they going to be doubling the price they were going to be stripping away the fright nights 
uh, admission. They still still had Carnival and White Christmas, but getting rid of Fright Nights. Like, I ha- and, oh, sorry. and and hold on, let me fin- let me finish. Sorry. Um. So when I did the math, it worked out to be. Uh, I think it was going to be around about somewhere between two hundred eighty oh and two hundred ninety dollars. Two hundred ninety dollars a year, if I if I were to keep paying with the subscription. Now, if you go on the website, uh, like on the Village Roadshow website, you can just buy a locals pass for two hundred and forty dollars and get exactly the same perks. So why would I continue with my subscription membership and pay an extra forty to fifty dollars when I can just get the locals pass? But then on top of that, now that they have announced that The Flash is not going to be opening until next year, Village Roadshow have effectively given me zero reason to renew my Village Roadshow pass. It, it expires on the tw- oh, this Wednesday. I'm going to be going down to the parks tomorrow just to, just to get my last rides on it. And then that's it. I'm probably not going to go back until pro- maybe Wizard of Oz opens. Okay, Blake, I have to ask. And I am probably someone who is more on the side of, you know, price it fairly, you know, demand, you know, all of that. You've obviously got to control that and, and a way to do that is cost, well, price rather. When you got the communication that the price was going up, was it an email that basically said, this is why we're doing it, we, we you know, we apologise, perhaps easing you into a different discounted price initially, or was it just like a bam, like it or hate it, this is what it is, see you later? Well, okay, so the email came from Debit Success on behalf of Village Roadshow Theme Parks. So Debit Success was the third party company that was managing the subscription pass um, passes for for the Village Roadshow Parks. Yeah, as Luke Sakatano has just said, these passes were a third, third party, which changed the terms of service, forcing VRTP's hand in a lot of that. Okay, so there was a so so it was Debit Success that. That kind of had their finger in the pie, saying, "Hey, we want a bigger cut of this." That wouldn't stop Village from communicating it or offering something themselves, though. They would have a database of exactly who was a member through Debit Success. So, um, I'm not saying the ending was Village's fault. Maybe it wasn't, but mm. they could have changed the way it was, you know, done. Yeah. Now, before I before I continue, and I just want to I just want to clarify this, just so I don't come off as like being super entitled and yada yada. Um, keep in mind that I paid for this subscription all the way through COVID. When the, all the parks were shut, I kept it going because I knew one day, all right, the parks are going to open back up, you know, and then I'll be able to go, and then I'll be able to use my pass again. So there was a, like at least a year or a year and a half. I don't know how long it was when the parks, all the parks were shut that I, that I was paying for a subscription service that I wasn't even able to use. And then they go and then they turn around and then they do this. I just think it's a bit of a, it's, it's a bit of a kick in the guts, really. Yeah, I, I think that's a, a, an interesting one because for anyone else, they probably would forget about that. But for the people that were paying, it's probably front front and centre in their mind. And yeah, it's probably not the best look. And that's sort of what I'm saying. I mean, is that another example of a little bit tone deaf in the whole not thinking about what the guest is doing by supporting us, just kind of going, well, they're going to come. If they want to come, they can pay it. And, you know, I mean, is is anyone not on that side i mean what what do our viewers think are they thinking that i mean it seems like there's a few sort of sticking up for it i mean there's um, yeah what do we sort of think the the tone is out of our viewers just looking at the comments right now hold on can you name anything else this is dane 
Yeah, can you name anything else that has kept the same price though for over the four to five years? Well, look, that I mean that it, that that's true. That is a very good point, and especially you know it's become a lot more evident now over the past twelve months. You know, with uh, uh, inflation, uh, cost of living, all those buzzwords. I mean, mm. it's very true. Yep. Uh, I mean, uh, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I understand. Look, again, I'm not a businessman. I don't have a degree in management or finance or anything like that. But I can only imagine that you know, like running a theme park is going to have lot of um overhead you know just maintaining rides you know stuff just staff costs in general and uh, this is something that i was kind of uh, i uh, was really kind of concerned about because you know it kind of also plays into you know look look at look what happened with the disney model they were basically effectively trying to price gouge people out maybe village need to do that and maybe demand has gotten so high that now village just need to put the price up to 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 curb demand but also potentially improve the experience with rising costs i think that's evident as well i mean look at the park even on a normal day not just school holidays they're packed they're busy every line every you know, ride's got a line so and i know ride closures aren't helping that but next door the park doesn't have that many rides, so maybe apples for apples, they got the same sort of offering open at any given time and they don't really have the lines that Movie World do. Still Taipan, for example, was every time I've gone, it's almost a walk-on. And I'm guessing even if operations are better over there, that walk-on, you know, operations aren't going to be making that much difference. It is just quieter at DreamWorld, all there's more to do. I don't have a number through the gate. I, I do think it's... I do think it's quieter at Dreamworld. I feel like every hmm. time I'm there, it's it's exactly what Matt says. You know, like it, it's either it's either a walk on or a station wave for Steel Taipan. You know, like the, the the signature ride at the park. You know, I can only hope that as as the park keeps expanding and like and redeveloping um, old areas and making them um, better, that that there'll be a much more incre- uh, bigger increase in traffic. Uh, but you know, as, as it stands now, you know, like Movie World's you know, like the the number one park in that respect, like in terms of attendance. And so it could also, but yeah, it kind of makes me wonder, like, where is all that, where is all that money going? Like if, or, or is it just because, is it just a bunch of locals that just go to the park and don't really spend in the park? You know, like they're not buying food, they're not buying merchandise, they're just going into the park for a couple of hours, getting on a couple of rides and then going home. I will say Dreamworld is most certainly going after that more family, local demographic. And I feel like Village is more trying to appeal to the, you know, the, the interstate, big flashy rides, you know, potentially the people that aren't happy are the people that are going more often and a bit more desensitized to the glitz of Movie World. Because I will face it, Movie World has typically invested in more expensive rides. And I think... You know, it's still. Sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Podcast new for, fourth host Tiberius the cat. Um, you know, perhaps Dreamworld, like a little bit like Funfields and Gumbaya, Matt. You know, like Gumbaya has a little bit more money spent in it, but after four or five visits. Funfields is going to be the place I enjoy going because it's more relaxing. It's maybe slightly more hospitable. Food's a bit more reasonable. Mm-hmm. Things like that. Yeah. Is that a bit more like Village and, and Dreamwater? And maybe that's why I'm calling it out versus, and I'm not seeing it through the eyes of, say, the first person to visit that park, maybe. Yeah, and I think it's like what Luke's saying. 
too. I mean, Steel Taipan wasn't rinse and repeat. You know, people go on DC Rivals over and over and over again. Exactly the same for Gumbaya versus Funfields. Their water slides at Gumbaya are good. The water slides at Funfields are better. And you can go on them over and over and over again, and they're just as fun. So, I think that sort of plays into it too. They've got better offerings. So, let me spin it a little bit because this is a little bit different tone to what I was getting in the posts that I posted and did end up having quite a, quite a lot of reach. Uh, a lot of people were commenting <laughs> a bit on more a, than you thought. Yeah, a lot of people were commenting on about overseas parks, and you know, once you go overseas, you're not going to like our parks. Well, well, firstly, that's a bit of a silly argument because we're never going to have like no one's ever going. It's not as good as those overseas parks, like you know, even Kings Island or. You know, Knott's Berry Farm. They're uh, saying Disneyland and Universal. So, how, how I know, oh, but, well, let me get the question out real quickly. How can our parks, with our budgets and in a realistic, you know, reality, compete properly with, you know, what, what they should be to their overseas counterparts? Okay. Actually, before you start, I'm going to counter that because, okay, if anyone's not really into like a, the online content creator and the theme park scene, at the beginning of this year, we actually had a number of, um, uh, you know, quite prolific YouTube YouTubers that that like theme park YouTubers uh, visit Australia, and aside from operations, they had nothing but amazing things to say about our parks. That's good. Like, and, and I'm talking about people like Theme Park Worldwide, Coaster Studios. I think Canopy uh, Coaster was here as well. They loved it. They loved the parks here. In fact, they were really, they were actually quite blown away with how impressive uh, some of the theming was. Like, I know Coaster Studios were just frothing at Leviathan Station, which I know is like the new thing, but still, like, they don't have anything like that in the United States outside of Disney and Universal. And even then, Disney and Universal haven't done something as immersive as the Leviathan Station. So. I mean, it's I, I, even if okay. My first question was going to be Blake: Are we whingers? But surely, I mean, there's a lot of people that feel very passionate about this. You can just go on that post. I mean, the post that we made, which was going viral out of our usual reach, different communities. What is it then that makes people want to complain about it? If if our parks are so good, I think it's. I think there's definitely a bit of a, um, a home park. Not a bias. I guess it is a bias, but I mean, I feel like there was a point where, uh, you know, I'm. I know that I'm guilty of this. You know, we, it's very easy to be a lot more critical of the park that y- you grew up with. You know, like you, you, you always look at through the rose tinted glasses and you think, man, you know, like Dreamworld used to be so much better back in the day. You know, like they used to have the horse and carts running around. They used to the barbershop quartet. You know, all that kind of stuff. And I know that Dreamworld's definitely trying to tap into that nostalgia factor, which I think is absolutely doing wonders. But at the same time, it's. I think. I think sometimes we can be. We we can be over, overtly critical to the parks that we're the most familiar with. Like I know if I went over to. I don't know, let's say King's Dominion, which is, you know, arguably like a mid-tier park in the Cedar Fair chain, I would still think it's probably one of the greatest places on earth because it's got I-305. You know, it's... (laughs) So I think there's... um, 
I think there's definitely that element, and I think the 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 more that we become aware of it, the 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 more objective that we can be when it comes to providing feedback to to the to our local theme parks. But surely all the dream world and all the movie world, like let's just let's just for a moment just take the two most visited parks in Australia, actually. SeaWorld, but at least one of each franchise. And, and heck, even SeaWorld reviews are, are pretty, like they were trending poorly, but they're now back on track. Movie World's really the only one that's trending poorly. Um, and this is how I go off recent trends. So, why is, if everything's equal and Australians are picky or whatever, why does DreamWorld have better reviews than Movie World? Is it just how busy it is? Is it something that put the prices up, take attendance down, mm-hmm. Movie World can be back on track? Because the reviews aren't just enthusiasts. The reviews aren't just people that visit theme parks a lot. These are just, well, it should be a catchment of really everyone. Well, so these reviews that you're referring to, are, are, these, the, are these the ones that are on Google yeah, right now? Yeah, just like your Google reviews. Like, like all things being equal, okay. it's, it's a somewhat fair comparison between the, the franchises and one's not doing well and one is. Mm. So, you know, w- what is it about? movie world i mean is it just cues because that's a hopefully an easy thing to fix by just adding a couple of trains through a few different rides and maybe putting the price up is is that not maybe the best way forward well, i think the well, price look, I mean, plays into it though i mean in, in where we're at the moment economically people are being a lot more frugal with their money they're conscious of where they're spending their money you're going to be upset if you spend yeah. more to get into a park and you're getting not much more. <laughs> and, and you don't want the last thing that you want to do is do a Salim Basul um, from Six Flags and put the cart before the horse, which is jack the prices up before you start improving your product. Because that's exactly what he did. And he and um, attendance absolutely tanked like across the entire Six Flags chain. And look, I mean, like, that's the thing. Like, I, I, I'm I'm very much of a person that will be like, um, you know, it very much of the uh, agrees with the, the the saying. You get what you pay for. You know, um, if I'm paying like premium levels, I expect a premium experience. I expect you know, I expect two train operations and minimal and minimal downtime on the attractions and stuff. I mean, look, I I know I'm very very I'm pinholding very specifically into that aspect of operations because I think I do think that has been a big sore point for the Village Roadshow theme parks in recent memory. Um, and I know that, and I understand that, you know, after the, the, all the, uh, the accidents that happened many years ago, um, there's been a, a lot of tightening on the regulations on that. And, and, that, and that's a good thing. You gotta, you gotta admit that, like say, that's a good thing. You know, you, we don't want a Fury 325 situation in Australia. They'd shut the whole park down, you know? Um, but, <sighs> I don't know. It's, it's. I think it, it, it's a. It's a very. It's a balancing act. And right now, I think it's just. It's. It's not. Not perfectly balanced yet. I think they could do a little bit more to improve that aspect. Yeah. Um. Luke. Luke has a. I guess a pretty straight up question. You know what? Between Movie World and Dream World offers a more premium experience. And I think this has gone, unfortunately, into a Dream World versus Movie World discussion. Even though that's not <laughs> what I was trying to do. Um. I feel like I can't answer that because there's Movie World technically has more premium, more expensive rides. But But yeah, it depends really what you value, I guess, at the end of the day. If you want, uh, you know, if I'm going up to visit the parks and I just want to jump on a bunch of high thrill rides and have a lot of fun, Movie World's going to offer that. 
no, no other park is well, going to offer that in Australia. I mean, well, look, I would rather, but I, yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you in that respect. I mean, like, I'd rather ride, if you were to give me a choice between riding DC Rivals or Steel Type Out, I'm going to pick DC Rivals, ten, like, ten times out of ten. Mm. And Even if and the wait was Leviathan, four times as long, though, Blake? Well, I mean, the great thing about the great thing about DC Rivals is that it does have a, a does it still have a single rider queue? I don't know. They got rid of the signage, but they still operate the single rider rider queue. But I mean, like the the Google reviewers, they're going to be waiting that fifty minutes versus that fifteen minutes. Is that purely what the difference is? Is you know? Hmm. I'm gonna have to get back to me on that. I'm gonna have to think about that. <laughs> So look, it- but I I, I don't want to touch on Luke Sak- what Luke Sakatano just said here. Would you say Movie World or Dream World offer a more premium experience currently? Now that's a very good question because I feel because this this is the issue that this is the problem with Dream World right now. Dream World is currently going through a transition period. Um, you know they've like I said as I said earlier they've had to shut down a lot of rides and you know half half the park is like a construction site right now. But once all those things are open. I definitely think they will go very much head-to-head with Village Roadshow in terms of that respect. I mean, right now, I do think Village Roadshow does have the edge, and purely because of the fact that they've got three times the amount of properties, you know, it's, I mean, they're always going to have that upper hand in in that respect, Uh, but until, but um, given what we've been presented with what Dreamworld's future looks like and and their current trajectory, if I was Village Roadshow, I would be taking taking very, very close attention to what they're doing. I want to shift things down south a little bit because our rivalry, the difference in reviews, is pretty much being echoed in Melbourne. So, you've got Gumbaya and Funfields. <laughs> so, Matt, what is Sorry. your opinion? What's happening down there? Is it similar to what sort of we're seeing on the Gold Coast? Um, I think there's definitely a mentality that plays into it. When, when summer rolls around, I think Funfields is always going to be more busy than Gumbaya. You, when you came down, Ash, I mean, we were there on one of the hottest days, and it was almost a walk-on for the roller coasters for you at Gumbaya World. Um, I, I think it's true. Yeah, there's just that mentality of who offers the better product. You're probably going to wait a little longer at at, at Funfields, but you're going to get a better product. Even though you could argue Gumbaya World's got roller coasters, it's got a wave pool, it's got a lazy river, it's got more of an offering, Funfields has a higher quality, quality offering. So, when you say you wait longer at Funfields, is that because it's busier or is that because the attractions are lower, are lower throughput? I think it's busier. Um, it's kind of hard to tell because there's two slides at two big slides, I guess you could say, or raft slides at Gumbaya compared to a whole park's worth at Funfields. But from my experience, you'd be waiting on a busy day, half an hour to an hour to get on those big water slides at at Funfields. You'd be waiting the same time to get on the slides at Gumbaya World, but there's significantly less offering. So, it shows the spread across the park. You know, you're still going to be waiting quite a while at Funfields. I think it's, yeah, comes down to the amount of people in the park. So, you're saying you wait longer at Funfields, yet it has better reviews. So- I don't know what the reviews are. Are the reviews better at Funfields? Yeah, 100%. I mean, Funfields was- um, And look, this is only one metric, but this is a metric that I Mm -hmm. haven't noticed, you know, and I believe this is fairly- You know, this isn't- You've got to keep in mind that I feel like Gumbire and and Funfields are- 
it's not a true Apple. It's not as playing close to an apples, apples, mm. apples to apples comparison. Like I think Movie World and Dream World, they they often get tossed into the same ring a lot because they, there is a lot of overlap in what they in what they offer. But whereas in but Fun Fields, I think it's very much they're they're very focused on water attractions, aren't they? Whereas Gumbaya yeah. now, especially after um, Project Zero and TNT, they're kind of moving into dry rides. They've also got animals as well. It's comparing so Dream World to the Wild, effectively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, but if we're go- if we're going down to like just overall experience, I mean, do you, would you? I mean, I don't want to. I think. Would you say that you would have a you would you feel like you'd have a better a better customer experience at at Funfields and say over Gum World at this point in time? I think Gum World would probably take the cake because whilst their their water park offering is smaller than than Funfields, you've got as you said roller coasters. There's a whole kids section and then there's a whole wildlife park. It's one of those sort of like Dream World. If something gets busy, just walk to the other end of the park and. The interactions you get at Gumbaya World as well, they're significantly, you know, they're comparable almost to Dream World. It's very interactive. You can go have a conversation with a ranger there and they'll happily talk to you for an hour about koalas. Whereas, um, you know, you're not going to get that at a water park. It's it's a water park. Hmm. Johnny Reardon Jr., for VRTP and Dreamworld also hmm. offer way more advanced rides than the Victorian counterparts. Well, that's true at this point in time, but I would it? be keeping a very close eye on Gumbaya. Gumbaya's got a ride that Movie World's literally about to build and a ride from Dreamworld. I know it's nothing compared to a Mac roller coaster, but the rides, they're, they're, they're not SBF rides. They're now stepping into a more Gold Coast level of ride. Yeah, I'm not actually. Yeah, it's, I guess it's a good point. They got one of the rides first. <laughs> so, I guess summarising it, what's the- Like, if if we were to, say, give a bit of advice, and look, we are nobodies. I'm happily- This is just, you know, three theme park geeks talking. But, I mean, going back to the heart of this this topic, what do we need to say Village should look at? Is it customer service? Is it operations? Is it- you know, review gating and, you know, ensuring those reviews, uh, those people that aren't happy don't get a link to review. What is it that's causing this and how can Village turn around? Well, for me, it's ride operations. That's or like, uh, look, I'm not, I'm pretty one track minded when it comes to what I go to a theme park for. Like I know, so, um, I can't remember who it was. Someone, someone mentioned about, oh yeah, it was Johnny uh, mentioned about oh, Movie World offers a premium experience. Look at the Heroes Parade, for example, Dreamworld doesn't have parades. That's very true. I couldn't really care less about the parades. It's just, but again, I mean, maybe that's just because I'm not the, I'm not the target demographic. I'm not, I find, I find a lot of those sheet, uh, those shows or uh, like quite cheesy and uh, uh, just I just get kind of disinterested. In fact, if anything, the only benefit that I feel like that is that while everyone's at the parades, there's going to be short lines in the queues for the rides. So that's where I usually strike while the iron is hot. But that all aside, yeah, for me, it's definitely uh, a sore point for me is with ride operations. Like I said, I've been burned too many times. I've literally traveled all the way down like I don't live, I don't live on the Gold Coast anymore. I um I used to, um, but I don't anymore. So I traveled all the way down to the Gold Coast, and there's been times where I've literally gone to Movie World. Oh, Rivals are shut. Okay, I'm gonna go down to SeaWorld and go on Leviathan. Leviathan's shut. 
that has happened to me multiple times. And it's just like, and, and it, it wasn't like a schedule maintenance or anything like that. It was just down. And I'm just like, what's going on? So, I mean, that's for me, that's, that's my sore point. I know, I'm sure you guys have uh, other aspects that you guys want to touch on, like where Village Roadshow, you think they could improve. But that's, for me, that's like the really big one for me is write-offs. Matt, do you have any sort of thoughts on this? Because I know you mentioned mm-hmm. Gumbaya went through a little bit of a fo- focus on, on cust- like guest experience. So, what were some of the things that they did and has it worked? Yeah, well, first for Boyden, I think, yeah, they do need to expand their water park uh, to compete with Funfields, absolutely. But no, no, you're right. Um, from, you know, before the, the summer season, they were really, really strict on what you could take into the park. Um, comparatively, Funfields, they encourage you to bring barbecues and everything in. Like, they want you to bring food in. Gumbaya had trash bins at the entrance. And if you had anything that wasn't a bottle of water or a cup of fruit, in the bin. You know, anything at all. They've changed that now. They're allowing people to bring a bit more food in. They're still a little bit restrictive on what you bring in, but it's comparatively significantly, you know, more that you can bring in. I think they are slowly listening to the guests and I think they're slowly adjusting and that's probably going to help them. And I guess we'll see over the next summer period when that takes full effect. Um, but playing into, you know, your main topic, I think it's really customer service for me. Uh, a ride can take 40 minutes to get to the front of and you're going to get to the front and you're going to be annoyed you waited 40 minutes you're going to be greeted with one person who's you know happy cheery hey welcome to the ride or you're going to be greeted with someone who's like eh, row four and i think that's going to really set the you know your emotions for how your experience was so i think customer service is what's going to take the cake and i think it's what all parks really need to focus on okay that's that's very interesting, and I think it. it, it you, you mentioned a few relatively small things, but those things can have a big impact on someone's day, especially if that's their first impression or if they just were spoken to poorly. I mean, it is something that's going to really affect how you think. And you know, a lot of people are saying, and and Luke's obviously saying it as well. You know, everyone takes something different away from an experience. Everyone wants something a little bit different, and that's true. But you know, when you when you're looking at the trend of reviews, not the overall score, not the amount of reviews, but just look at the last hundred reviews. There's a trend there, unfortunately, for movie world. I know, and I say this because SeaWorld has gotten better. SeaWorld is on the right track. So, maybe it's not just a village thing. I'm just like literally using that metric and saying what's going on with those reviews. But I think little things like your first impressions, uh, you know, is it is it your members? I mean, it would be really critical to see if those people are members or are they people visiting from interstate? Because if that's a particular type of customer, maybe they're just not getting what they want, which is maybe the lines are too long because they're paying one day tickets or maybe the lines are too long and every time they come back, the lines are too long. Or maybe it's about food prices or customer service or the fact that they don't like the toilet seat design. Like, who knows? But there's something happening. And, you know, obviously, we're all very divided about this and there's no answer. So, it's got me stumped. And i got to say, I mean, my experience at all of the parks has been really, really good. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say one is worse than the other. I wouldn't say that Movie World's a bad park. I think they're all fantastic. You know, every park you go to, you're going to have- either a great experience or a bad experience. It depends on the day, the weather, the person who you you'd speak to. But I've had some really, really good experiences at Movie World, customer service-wise, ride operation-wise, everything. So, 
I think it's just like, luck of the draw. I, I I agree with that absolutely. I think, but I think the I think that the point that we were we're really trying to hone in on is just like from a, from a general perspective, not just from like a you know I went on this particular day and you know everything everything was running the all the staff were super friendly and accommodating all that kind of stuff. I think we're talking from an overarching perspective and 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 as we said you know like um the you know apparently you know if the Google if the Google reviews are kind of I'm not too sure if people are just review bombing or <clears throat> people are actually being legitimate and giving feedback. I know at the beginning of this year, there was a lot of people who, who traveled interstate over the summer period um, uh, and they were upset about, you know, Leviathan being closed and they spent all this money coming here, uh, like coming to the Gold Coast to, to ride, like specifically to ride Leviathan and it was shut. And then Village Roadshow doesn't like offer them like, a free ticket or something like that. I, I I I can't remember the specifics of it, but I think it's those kinds of things that really stick in people's minds. And you know, um, there was probably a bit of a media bias to that as well because I know that that was like de- definitely peddled around and like you know Gold Coast Bulletin all that kind of stuff. And you know, it's because it it's a it's a headline. It it grabs people's attention and people you know people like feed off negative um, negative news, but you know, it's how you deal with those with those events. I think is what separates mi- uh, subpar con- customer service to excellent customer service. One hundred percent. I mean, I'm not saying that. Uh, like, I, I, like, I, I've lined up hours for rides, and they've all been overseas more than I don't even bother with the Australian ones. Like, I don't even think we, or at least a lot of the reviews, isn't just about the length of the lines. I think people understand that it is going to be longer in Christmas and shorter at other times. The rides are going to be open. You know, every ride will be open over peak season, but closed for maintenance during, you know, off season. I mean, I guess there's probably more in recent years and that's probably its own topic, but little things like, you know, the, you know, water, shade, you know, communication, things like that make more difference to me than just the length of a line. Because, you know, if, if heck, if characters came up to everyone and said, hey, we're going, you know, it won't be long now, things like that can make a bigger difference than putting on a second train. And it's probably a lot cheaper as well. It's just about that customer experience, not about I want more, less lines, more trains. Like we're not trying to be that enthusiast. We're just trying to look at it like any business. Bad reviews, what's going on? Customer experience usually means higher reviews, which should mean more business. That's the way I look at it anyway. Also, I mean, like, I, th- I think it's kind of counterintuitive for to have long lines in a park anyway, because the, the more people that are standing in um, line waiting for a ride, the less time that they're spending in the park actually potentially spending money on food, merch, or uh, seeing other attractions and stuff like that. Um also, that, that's where the virtual queue comes in, and it's a great offering that they do. I mean, that's that, that the virtual queue is very good. Also, also another thing too, and I guess this is mainly more focused. To be fair, the Queensland parks have actually been pre- are, are pretty good with this, um, with one exception, that's Superman Escape. Uh, you know, just e- just even having something similar as just being able to have your phone in the queue to kind of entertain yourself. You know, like if if Superman if Superman's an hour hour plus wait, you don't and you don't have your phone, you're screwed. You you just got to sit there and you got to watch the welcome to the MRT video about seventy three times. You know, <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. Um, 
And look, I'm looking through the recent reviews now and unfortunately, I know we've been trying to pull away from this, but a lot of them are, you know, two-hour wait on a day that isn't busy, waste of money, disappointed as understatement, never have I ever had to wait in so long in a line. Like, everyone's speaking about the lines. It's, I think, you know, that's unfortunately the main gripe. I think it's definitely a topic that we're not going to be able to solve tonight, but We've definitely mm. thrown a lot of different viewpoints out there and perhaps there's just no answer. But I'm sure <laughs> the management at Village, they hopefully have some ideas and hopefully they'll be, uh, you know, implementing something in the coming months or years that helps that. Uh, I mean, I hope the people of Village Roadshow can decipher at least what I've said because I, I'm just trying to think back what I've actually said over this over the course of this doing this live stream. I'm just like... What are you going on about? Yeah, <laughs> like they're it's not, so fragmented and all over the place. <laughs> Look, I think at the end of the day, the disclaimer here is these are just three people just chatting about theme parks. But I will say it is kind of funny. Like, you know, anyone who's maybe thinking we are biased or something like that used to be the exact opposite a couple of years ago. I mean, it's funny how things change and there's always a, you know, a, a park that, the majority of enthusiasts deem, you know, doing the right thing and the other one that's kind of the 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 one that's being compared to a lot, you know, thinking the dream world versus movie world discussion. So, uh, it is a little bit funny how it, it's, it's flipped a little bit, but at the end of the day, trends in management is a thing. You, you most certainly see, you know, I mean, remember dream world back in the, the red line years and the, and the upcharge years, that was a, yeah, a very interesting time. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, hopefully we can get on a roll at Village as well and, and be kicking because there is good competition now at Dreamworld. Hopefully that's, you know, I mean, there's obviously money being spent, but it does seem to be a longer term vision than a shorter one. So I will close what I, at least what I have to say tonight by saying this, you know, again, like I said, you know, we're not, we're not, we're, this is not a witch hunt um, uh, for a to, to anyone or or any park or any corporation. I think the thing that we're really trying to address is that, you know, um, the, the, the best thing that we could ever possibly want is healthy competition between at least, at least if we're just talking about the, uh, the Gold Coast parks in a vacuum here, you know, Ardent Leisure versus Village Roadshow theme parks. That's the most important thing because if they're giving each other reasons to try and outdo the other, we as the the guest, we win, you know, so, because we're going to end up getting a much better product. If we've got one team that's slacking off um, and the other one's just excelling, then, well, what will end up ha- ultimately end up happening is that the person, the, the, the side that's excelling will just be like, well, we don't need, well, we've, we're, we're winning hand over fist. Like we've got the dominant market share. We don't need to put the extra effort in. People will just come to us anyway. And I think that's a really, really, really easy trap for a lot of corporations to get themselves into. I mean, like, I, I don't know if you guys follow the tech industry, but you know, it's very, very, you could, it's very, very similar to like what happened with Intel versus AMD. AMD was just, just churning out absolute garbage product after garbage product for years on end intel was just rocketing their hair they had the dominant market share for years and then they got to the point where just like we're number one so why try harder and now they're getting their ass kicked by amd blake are you saying village are just saying we're number one why try harder 
Well, I definitely think they. I think because because Dreamer was down and out for so long, I think they did get a little bit comfortable. Yeah, mm, I think so. Yeah, but then again, if you look at say the money, you know, Wizard of Oz is is a huge, and this is going to reignite everything again. I'll just say. I think Village focused more on the big and not on the small. And I think Dreamworld right now focusing on the small. And I think that's truly the reason that this topic Until Jungle exists. Rush opens. Well, yeah, but maybe they'll be able to do both, which <laughs> is just going to win at everything. Like Disney Disney is known for their hospitality. They're known for so many things. The badge that says first time visitor. That's the kind of stuff that makes it what it is. And I think that's what Village is missing right now. So, maybe that's a good way to close <laughs> off the, the topic. Matt, any final thoughts? No. I think uh, we've sort of covered everything and hopefully didn't offend too many people. I mean, as you said, we're just <laughs> yeah. we're three rookies. We are not qualified at all. We don't work in the theme park industry. We could be doing it all wrong and I'm sure the parks know what they're doing and maybe they'll take something away from it. Maybe they're already doing it. Nicely said. Well, that concludes the episode for tonight. Hopefully, everyone out there has enjoyed it. It's certainly been a long time since we've done anything like this, and perhaps we'll continue to do a format similar to this. Oh, and I will also get my my thoughts on the Flash episode out as well. I I do apologize for not doing it as soon as the these other guys did. They kind of jumped the gun on it. For me personally, <laughs> well, I guess they'll jump the gun. Speed. They were they were just more responsible. Yeah, <laughs> they had flash speed. I'm just kind of bringing up the rear. <laughs> but I will, I will, I will record something and uh, and and uh, upload that as soon as possible. Now, this will be released on our website, on Spotify, and wherever you listen to your podcasts as well. As you, as as always, do subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And until next time, thank you for listening. Right. Cheers, guys. Have See a good ya. one.